0: This is the infamous Majengo Mosque. It's called Masjid Musa. It has been the scene of trouble.
1: I'm with a local journalist driving through Majengo, the neighborhood of Mombasa that is home to Musa Mosque, and where many people who attended it during its extremist days still live. We're on our way to meet one of them and his family. In their apartment, a playful toddler tries to grab my microphone. The child's father, we'll call him Hamza, is not here. Where exactly he is, I can't say. Somewhere in the Middle East, perhaps. His family won't tell because he's in hiding. Too many young men from this neighborhood have disappeared, allegedly dragged from their homes by police in the middle of the night and never seen again. It's very likely these young men were involved in terrorism. Or, for some, their only crime was being young and Muslim and idle. In the absence of a trial, we'll never know. What I can say is that Hamza attended Musa Mosque during its radical period along with his brother Ahmed, whose name and voice have also been changed.
2: Whatever was being preached there, these guys were just trying to say that you should defend your religion in case somebody is talking ill about your religion in any way, whether in fighting or what. And what the religion teaches, when you die while trying to defend your religion, you go to paradise. So that was one of the beliefs that these guys were trying to say.
1: Despite his defense of the mosque's radical teachings, Ahmed is careful to distance himself from al-Shabaab, saying he never saw any weapons at the mosque and doesn't believe in killing. He's more forceful when he talks about the police's treatment of young Muslim men, characterizing the raids as religious persecution by a predominantly Christian government and police force.
2: The police were harassing the young guys, the ones who used to bring the riots and this and that. So we actually thought... So many families, not just ours, so many families in this manjango area thought that the best way is just to remove these boys out of the country. They go and work, at least until the situation calmed down, then they can come back.
1: Despite this explanation, it's likely that some of these young guys have gone to Somalia to train with al-Shabaab. The militant group was responsible for the deaths of 67 people at the upscale Westgate Mall in Nairobi in 2013 and as many as 141 Kenyan soldiers at an army base in Somalia in January of this year. Last year, a former law student from the University of Nairobi was one of four gunmen who killed 148 people, mostly students, at Kenya's Garissa University. Many more young Kenyans are known to have joined, but in recent years a number of those have found it not entirely to their liking and sought to come home. Mombasa County Commissioner Evans Achoki oversaw an amnesty program for returnees in nearby Kwale County last year, just before he was promoted and moved to Mombasa.
0: They were deceived that they are going to get good jobs, they were going to be paid good money, and that's how they were recruited. Uh, Some were recruited through indoctrination. Some were recruited through the social media. Some wanted to be in solidarity with some friends. But the most important thing is that most of them, when they went there, they realized that what they were promised is not what they got there.
1: The amnesty program has boasted of reintegrating 56 al-Shabaab defectors into Kenyan society through a deradicalization curriculum, a program that is now in the works in Mombasa County as well. The program provides job skills, training, and materials for fishing, motorcycle taxis, and other trades. But convincing returnees to turn themselves into police is not easy— considering that these are the same police known for extrajudicial killings of suspected terrorists. Achoki acknowledged these killings might be an issue, but wouldn't confirm the scope of the problem.
0: If it happens, you cannot say it is not happening, but uh, on the event that it's happening. So what is important is that when people have evidence, they should be able to present that evidence to the police. If they don't trust the police, they should present that information to them independent policing oversight authority so that these cases can be handled.
1: In spite of this, the commissioner assures me that the government is making progress building trust with the community. Sitting on a hill overlooking the Indian Ocean near the southern tip of Mombasa Island, Farida Rashid Safe scoffs at the notion of any gains in trust.
3: There's no trust, so they don't trust because what they have done... Myself, I went to one of the family, I told... You see, your child, they have come back. Let them be taken there. They're going to be counseling. They're going to be trained, and they're becoming better. So they came out with this boy. They talked to them nicely. They kept him to prison, and then they just uh, get him out of the prison. A few days, he's disappeared.
1: That boy's disappearance, Safe says, is almost certainly because of police action. She thinks there's a better way to bring these returnees back into the fold. As chairwoman of the Kenyan Muslim Women's Alliance, she uses a soft de-radicalization approach that targets what she sees as the main culprits behind jihadist recruitment, drug addiction and joblessness. The alliance provides a space for rehabilitation and economic empowerment for men and women alike. One thing the program doesn't focus on very much? Religion. Farida doesn't see the extremism plaguing her city as having much to do with Islam at all.
3: Radicalization is not Islamic. It is politically, economically, poverty, and lack of employment. This is the cause why these children are involving themselves. It's not that they are, do- they are not educated. They are educated. You see, it's sort of revenging all these things, you know. Th- this, uh, this young generation, they think, why our people are always poor, 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 and they are living in their own land as As I said, in Quran interpretation, they just interpreted in another way, not in a right, correct way.
1: The midday prayer reverberates through the winding streets of Mombasa's old town. The crumbling mosaic of architectures on display here is a reminder that many centuries before the British... This steamy port city was a vital crossroads where Arabs traded with Africans and slaves and ivory. This mingling eventually gave rise to Swahili culture and the language of the same name still spoken across much of East Africa today. It's this culture and identity that Sharif Mudar Khitami fears is slipping away. The provincial chairman of the Supreme Council of Kenya Muslims and a practitioner of Arab medicine, Khitami echoes safe sentiments that Islam has been hijacked by something else.
4: These people have branded themselves to be Muslims. And whatever that is happening in the coast is nothing to do with Islam. It's only a political development that is happening in the world affecting the Muslims. Now it has come through our borders in Somalia. And uh, to certain extent, it has eroded the cultures, the way of
1: life. And here on the coast, he says, that culture has always meant one thing.
4: Islam here means coexistence, right? From the times of the Prophet, we have coexisted with other faiths. At one time, there was no other faiths here except Islam. But the other faiths came in here. Churches were built here. They were accommodated here by the locals. It's because the Islam... Believed in coexistence.
1: Coexistence may be even harder to come by before long. Last month, Kenya announced plans to shut down a major refugee camp near the border with Somalia. The government cited security concerns in the decision. If they attempt to force 330,000 refugees back to Somalia, it would seem to indicate they're doubling down on their hardline approach. For America Abroad, I'm Emily Johnson in Mombasa, Kenya.